Hi everyone, welcome to episode 10 of Under the Tree with Tea. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that this is the 10th episode. You know, when I started this podcast, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. What am I going to talk about? And now I'm on episode 10. And this episode is really special for me, not just because it's the 10th episode, but because I'm turning 40 in 15 days, so let's say in about two weeks. So I am doing a wonderful episode today, which is coming right from my heart, as they all do. But it's special because I'm turning 40. I can't believe it. 40 is a massive milestone. I can't even believe I'm turning 40. But I'm excited and I've got so many emotions. As a lot of you know, I've been through so much, particularly in the last three to five years where I had I would say a bumpy road so to get to this place and to be in such a good place within myself mentally emotionally physically is such a blessing and I'm so excited to share some of my nuggets of wisdom today and I really hope that you can take something from this episode as well that you can start using in your life straight away So remembering as well, if you want to stay up to date with all the things that Fitness to a T is up to, you can head to the website fitnesstoat.com.au. You can also follow Fitness to a T on Instagram. So the handle is at Teorai1 and you can follow Fitness to a T on Facebook. So that's www.facebook.com slash fitness to a T com AU. So in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you my top 10 lessons as I turn 40. Five of those are going to be centered around health and fitness. So a lot of people say that I look way younger than my 40 years. And I want to give you my top five tips on how I have managed to look younger. What do I use for my skin, for fitness that allows me to drink from the fountain of youth, so to speak. Then I'm going to talk about my other five lessons in love, romance, business, work, and life in general. The aim of this episode is really to inspire, encourage, and give someone out there hope. I really hope that you walk away from listening to this episode with nuggets of wisdom, things that you can use for your own life. I think one of the things that I love about turning 40 for me because remember this is my personal experience for me I've really come to that point where I am so certain of my life purpose and why I'm here and I love that about turning 40 I love that about being in this place that I'm in now and so every day I wake up knowing exactly why I'm here on this earth and so every day that I live is filled with purpose and for that I'm truly grateful. So I hope everyone that I can leave you with some inspiration to find purpose for your own life if you haven't found it or to be further inspired as you follow your own purpose at the moment. So here goes. Okay, so I'm going to start with the life lessons part. So the first five that I've learned as I turn 40. 
So the first one, something that you probably see me doing all the time is living your passion. It is really important to live your life following things that you enjoy. And when I say things that you enjoy, obviously be reasonable about what you enjoy. You know, I'm not saying if you enjoy, I don't know, riding roller coasters, make a career out of riding roller coasters or something. I know that's a very silly example, but, you know, try and learn to understand what makes you tick. I often talk to people who say they don't know what their passion is. They don't know what it feels like or what it is exactly. So one of the biggest tips I have for people when they ask, when they say to me, how do I identify what my passion is? I say, think of all the things that make you happy. And sometimes it's literally just sitting down with a big piece of paper and just writing down all the things that make you feel good, all the things that you enjoy doing, no matter how silly it seems, just write it down, just let it flow. And out of that, even doing that process a couple of times over a week, over a month, over a year, will start to get the process flowing. You'll start to get some um, fluidity into it and your heart will start to become aware of the things that it enjoys just from the writing process itself. So for myself, when I decided to do law, I did law because I wanted to make my dad happy. I wanted society to approve of me. I thought that all I needed to do was study law, practice as a lawyer and make lots of money and life would be sweet, right? But that didn't work out that way because money is not what drives me. I have to enjoy what I'm doing. and. I just thought I cannot live a life where every day or most of most of my life I'm going to a job that I hate. I just can't. I just couldn't do that to myself. And I think that also comes from valuing myself, seeing that I have value and something to give back as well of value that is genuine, that is authentic. So for myself, when I was thinking, what do I enjoy? You know, I hadn't even thought about taking on a career in fitness, but I had always enjoyed fitness when I, when I was growing up. So I had always done sports. I loved climbing trees. I loved riding bikes and fitness was something that I just kept on doing throughout um, high school Then definitely when I started uni, that's when I started my resistance-based training. And so when I was thinking of things to do, I thought, hey, maybe I could do something in fitness because I really feel good when I do this. And that's when the idea started sparking, hmm, maybe fitness. And, you know, it took time before the passion or the fire that I have now with fitness caught up with me. So when I first started out, I was attending evening classes while I was doing my day job. And it's not like I was sitting in class thinking, wow, I'm so passionate. No, I was just learning and I was seeing whether this would be something I could do. So I was constantly thinking, can I make a career out of this? 
How can I make it so that this can be my main income? So those were things that I planned, I researched, I spoke to people in the industry, and then I I knew with time that I could make it work. And when you're determined to do something, that's half the battle won. So my next lesson is based on a statement that I heard years ago, but I think I had never really let it sink in. I had never really understood what this statement meant. And the statement is, we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. And maybe you're someone who's heard the statement before and you think, oh yeah, 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 that makes sense. But I really encourage you to sit with that statement because it has so many layers and once you break through it really helps to change your perspective on how you see yourself how you see other people situations around you and it gives you a lot of inner freedom so for me i went through a lot of trauma in my life i was sexually abused as a child and then sexually abused as an adult w- adult woman as well. I, you know, had my mom pass away in 2010. And that was hard because I didn't really grieve. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to grieve. And no one told me. And in my culture, you know, we, we just don't talk about these things. Unless you come from a family that talks openly about grief and how to deal with those emotions, fair enough. But where I, in my family, we didn't talk about these things. So I had all these emotions and things that I had built up from the trauma that I'd gone through as a child and losing my mother felt like abandonment. So as I continued in my life, I had a lot of different things happen. I was in a a few abusive relationships my last marriage was an abusive marriage not physically but emotionally and verbally and that was tough as well but i was able to look at all the things that had happened and not blame people and while i'm not saying that other people don't shouldn't be held accountable for their actions i'm not saying that they shouldn't be they should I also had a dynamic that I was contributing to the interactions. So when I understood that statement, we see things as we as we are. I thought of all the times that I would blame, constantly blame other people for things that happened and not just in terms of the trauma but you know people around me so whether it's people I'm interacting with, um, you know friends or you know, just people in general, it's almost like I never took responsibility for my part, my thinking process, what I felt about myself. So if I judge someone and I thought, gee, that person's not very nice or they're very self-righteous or they're da-da-da-da-da, it took understanding the statement for me to be like, hold up, I'm saying this person is self-righteous, I'm saying this person is selfish, I'm saying this person is ABC. But I think I'm actually thinking those things about myself as well. There's an element of that in me 
that is then raising that um, awareness of that person's selfishness, etc. So when I was able to then look at my part and look at my dynamics and how I was contributing to certain relationships and interactions, it really started to free me. It really gave me so much more compassion for people in general, and it also gave me compassion for myself. Now, I am still learning to forgive myself for certain things that happened in the past, and it's an ongoing process, but I'm so grateful that I'm now aware that it is okay to forgive myself, and from that I have gotten true freedom. The next lesson is about friendship and love. So first of all, what do I have to say about friendship? I think the biggest thing that I've learned about friendships is that they take work. They really take work, particularly in this environment that we're in now where, you know, a lot of people have migrated to different countries i left zimbabwe when i was really young and because i've traveled a lot i've i have a lot of friends who are living internationally so living away from me so i really have to put in that effort to be in touch with them to get to know them and continue that friendship over many years through social media through picking up the phone through zoom whatever it is that we need to do to stay in touch And it takes work from both sides to have that friendship. And one of the biggest indicators for me with my friends is that they're people who I feel free to be so open with them about my life. And I always leave that interaction feeling good, feeling positive. When you walk away from an interaction and you feel heavy and you're just like, oh, that's not a good sign. So I love that my friends with the interaction that we have I feel that way and I think they feel that way too sometimes they tell me but you know I really hope that they feel that way too and um, so you know my friendships are really important and special to me and I like it that I have a small circle I used to think that having a lot of friends was was the way to go was the way to show that I was worthy or I was of value but now I realize that to have a small circle is what makes me happy. I don't need to have a large number of friends to feel better about who I am. So yeah, I'm really grateful for my friends. So in terms of love, the biggest thing that I've learned is choose your partner wisely. Choose wisely. And when you're choosing wisely, to me that means really sitting with how you feel about that person, taking time to get to know them. When I look back at my experiences, and these are just my experiences, but I really believe that by sharing my experiences, maybe something that I say will resonate with someone, someone out there. You know, I rushed into things. I fell in love with fairy tales. 
you know that lovely story that we all hear that you'll meet this shining um, knight in armor and he's going to rescue you and you're going to fall in love and everything is going to be fantastic. And whilst there is an element of that in falling in love, or there has been for me, the romantic or fairy tale side of it, I should say, I didn't make the best choices and I didn't make good choices because I was choosing from a broken place. The times that I was in relationships, I hadn't started the deep healing that needed to be done with my trauma. So I was choosing from a broken place. So when I go on to talk about trauma in the next lesson, this will really tie in nicely. But I cherish all my experiences and I think that the growth and the lessons that I've had from the past, from past mistakes, and I also had really good times with some of the people that I dated, um, you know, and, and was, was in long-term relationships with, I did but overall I could have I could have done better guys I could have chosen better I could have made different decisions and you know there have been times when I sit in regret and think oh man if only if only if only but you know what the a bigger voice God's voice because I'm a spiritual person says to me it's okay you know you went through those things you came out of them God help me through them. My spirituality really helps me. My prayers helps me to get through some things. You know what I mean? And um, they've made me who I am today. So I'm grateful. The next lesson is on boundaries boundaries are so important and for me it took me a long time to really learn what boundaries are in the first place and to start establishing them with people around me so in work in friendships in interactions with everyone in every area of your life boundaries your personal boundaries are very important So personal boundaries allow you to operate from a place of self-respect. So respecting yourself first and then also respecting other people around you. I think once you learn that it's okay for you to have personal boundaries, then you also respect the boundaries of other people. So for myself, I think the biggest thing was learning to accept the things that I like and don't like because I think when I was in my 20s and early 30s I was still figuring out what I liked what I didn't like in terms of romantic relationships friendships in work in all areas of life and it took me that time that experience getting that experience to realize the things that resonated with me and the things that didn't the behaviors that I could sit comfortably with and the behaviors that I thought, hey, this makes me feel really ugh. And then I had to gain the confidence to establish boundaries. 
Now, for some people, it's very easy to have boundaries. Maybe you were taught growing up how to have healthy personal boundaries. Maybe it's something you picked up when, you know, you'd, you'd been around for a while, been in life for a while. But for me, I didn't have boundaries when I was growing up. I, or maybe I should say I wasn't taught about personal boundaries. These are things that, you know, I just, I had to teach myself. I had to learn from other people. And because I was coming from a background of trauma, my boundaries had already been completely obliterated by adults around me in child in childhood certain adults i'm not going to say all adults certain adults in childhood and then when i got into adulthood i allowed i enabled other adults to crush my my boundaries because i didn't know what they were and i didn't have them So I'm really grateful that now I can sit with my boundaries and I know that boundaries are things that can build up as well over time. I'm not saying that I have boundaries and and that's it for the rest of my life. I'll probably of course develop more boundaries in different areas and topics as I go through life. But I think if I can give an example of boundaries I'm going to give an example that relates just to myself and not to other people. But in terms of overworking, you know, I used to overwork. I used to really go hard and be up all night, not much sleep and, you know, really just not giving myself boundaries so that I could get sufficient rest. So when I started my business, for me, um, being successful working hard in inverted commas on my business was you don't sleep you just work 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 and just keep going that way that sh- that's showing that i'm being good at what i'm doing but then i realized that i wasn't giving myself the a safe boundary to rest to recuperate i was just bashing myself i was just crushing my own boundaries so now I've come out of that place and I've really stepped into a place of I have certain times where I work so I know the hours where I'm very productive and I focus on working in those hours. I switch off everything. I make sure I don't have any distractions and I can really hone in on my work. I also make sure that if I've set a time to finish because I get up very early so I stop work early in inverted commas so if it's for example 3 p.m and i know that that day i've set my time to say i'm finishing work at 3 p.m i stick to that to that limit because i know that i need respect i need respect and rest so rest and respect so they're both they're interlinked because when i rest i'm respecting myself i'm respecting my boundaries and i suppose in saying that in respecting that boundary for myself of allowing myself rest If I were to call someone or I was to send them a message and they were finishing work and they said to me, hey, you know what, Till, I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'm about to finish work. And let's say that was something that I felt was really urgent and I really wanted them to reply straight away. Because I have that boundary for myself, I can respect somebody else's boundary and be like, hey, you know what, 
they're nearly finished work i totally understand that they need a break too and it's easy for me to understand that whereas before maybe if i didn't have that healthy boundary for myself it would have been a little bit more effort for me to understand that when someone told me their boundary around that area so i think this one is really important in that it really sets the tone for everything else that i've been able to do whether it's physically emotionally and mentally and that's looking after your mind you know always making sure that your mind is renewed everything you do starts from your mind so as i always say if you continuously tell yourself that your body can't do certain things that you can't achieve certain things or do certain things your body is going to follow suit your circumstances around you are going to follow suit and i'm saying this now so comfortably but it actually took me a while to get into that clear place where i knew that i had to feed my mind first before anything else could follow so for myself the things that i do the most to feed my mind are centered around how i start my day how i start my day determines the rest of my day the rest of my week month year even so daily i pray i wake up and i pray i'm someone who's spiritual so if you're not spiritual that's okay i think part of me turning 40 is accepting acceptance of people's different beliefs and where they're coming from and i think that there's room in this world to be accepting and respectful of people's different beliefs So I pray I affirm or declare certain things over myself over my life so over my my family my friendships basically my interactions with people my work my life the things that I want to achieve really setting that tone to say I can achieve these things it's just about taking consistent action every day I use Bible verses as well to further affirm those things or really set them in stone in my mind. I also do things like meditation. I absolutely love my meditation. It really helps to ground me. And because I'm someone who has been through anxiety and depression in the past because of my traumas, and I still have a little bit of anxiety now and again it can flare up, so I know how to deal with it. and the best way for me to deal with it is by using my meditation. So other positive things that I do for my mind are reading. I love watching YouTube videos as well that really rev me up so sometimes when i'm in the shower i listen to um et the hip hop preacher just you know saying you can do it and you know all that motivational stuff that's right up my street and it gets me revved up so i think you know whatever rocks your boat whatever works for you 
to fuel you to push you forward is a good thing and that really started cementing in my mind when i was doing bodybuilding when i was competing in bodybuilding my mind had to be on point for me to get through all that rigorous training the regime and to keep it up constantly was an effort so i competed for a period of 2 years in total so competition after competition So my mindset really had to be on point. I achieved a lot of medals as well or placings as they call them. So I achieved several bronze medals, silver and gold medals as well. So I was really pleased with that, but I really credit my mind for being in such a peak state. in really embracing and believing 100% that I could do it because I was constantly constantly just drenching my mind with all these positive books videos I was saying things out loud and I began to embody all the positive things that I was reading and taking into my mind So the next lesson is one that has been one of the deepest lessons for me and it's on trauma understanding that trauma happens to a lot of people and that healing from your traumas is very important and will absolutely well for me it absolutely changed the direction of my life it changed who I became and how I healed from that trauma and how I'm healing because it's a continuous process is is what brings me to be the tail the terrorai that I am today so if I can define trauma in a very simple way trauma can be defined as something very deeply disturbing or distressing so a deeply disturbing or distressing experience that happens to you So with that definition that can happen in a wide range of of things you know whether it's grief abuse all sorts of things as long as it's deeply distressing and or disturbing to yourself so I went through that in childhood and then into adulthood as well and I had never worked on actively seeking healing I'm a Christian so I've been praying for you know since I was really young so I think that journey set a foundation for myself to heal but I also needed to do other things to help myself heal so things like counseling for example I just cannot tell you enough how good counseling has been I know counseling is something that's very personal and not everyone is you know keen to go for counseling And when I went for counseling, I didn't know what to expect, but I really wanted to be able to start healing and getting through life living in a positive way. So when I started counseling many years ago, 
that really helped me so i started counseling in 2009 and i remember that time i had moved to australia with a long-term partner and we'd been together for 8 years we were close very close also i thought well we were close and something happened so we we had to break up very unexpected it was a massive shock to me massive shock to me and i didn't deal with it very well i really really just didn't know how to take it and so i sought outside help so i got counseling and that's how i started my counseling journey so that i could recover from that experience and over the years because then my mom died and i had different relationships that were not so pretty <laughs> you know they were not so good um all sorts of things happened and my dad died there's so many things that happened even things in my family that happened which traumatized me which disturbed me deeply and um i needed to get those things out and be in a safe space to start to heal from those things because i think that when we have things that distress us that disturb us it really it, it can change our life if we don't deal with them it can change how we behave how we interact with people in our relationships romantic relationships friendships with co-workers it affects every part of your life and i really didn't want to live the rest of my life acting from a wounded place i don't think that's fair on me because i deserve a good life to live my life to its fullest potential and also when i get into a romantic relationship i want to be able to get there with you know without holding all this baggage like coming in with a truckload of bags that i haven't sorted out and i would hope you know and want the same thing from a romantic partner that i have in the future as well that they've faced any traumas um that that they've had in their childhood or adulthood so and it doesn't have to be the same trauma that i went through because as i said before trauma is very broad So the rest of the lessons that I'm going to talk about are to do with health and fitness. The first one is about motivation. How do I motivate myself to work out and eat healthy consistently? So I work out 5 days a week and I eat 80% healthy during the week and then 20% not so healthy. Some weeks it's 90% healthy, 10% not so healthy. and i've maintained that for so long from my 20s so well over 20 years and people ask me this all the time how do i stay motivated how do i even get motivated i don't feel like working out i don't want to eat healthy food i just don't have the feeling to do it and my answer is always the same you just have to start and the feelings will catch up with you for i would say almost everything i've done starting my business you know so many things that i do traveling to different places as some of you may know i went on to a cruise ship and i worked as a trainer on a luxury cruise ship for 9 months even doing that it's not like i 
immediately felt like oh my goodness i'm totally going to smash this and it's going to be fantastic of course when i decided on doing it i thought yeah this is this is a good idea let me try it but i was scared as hell <laughs> it was scary i had no idea what was going to happen i can't say i was like super motivated i was more scared than anything in my life i think because it was something so foreign to me so different something i'd never done and for you it might be that you've never exercised or you're someone who starts and stops starts and stops and you can never really get that consistent feeling so my advice is always just start just do a little bit so start with let's say a 15 minute walk and over time of doing it consistently even when you don't feel like it the feeling will catch up with you and you will start to become ingrained in that habit and because when you're work- working out you start to feel good anyway from the endorphin rush after the workout you'll start to get hooked to that feeling so one step at a time consistent action and the feelings will catch up with you and sooner than you know it you'll be loving it because it will just become part of your life Remember everyone, winners win by doing things even when they don't feel like it. One of my biggest lessons for health and fitness has been variety. Variety is the spice of life. It really is. I don't think I would have been able to maintain my fitness levels for as long as I have if I didn't have variety. One of the key things in my training is my resistance-based training. So when I use equipment such as dumbbells, nowadays because of COVID, I'm using things around the house, so things like suitcases, laundry baskets as you've seen me doing. So things that have some weight and that really helps to set the structure and foundation for my training. So even for yourself I really advise that you do resistance based training. And resistance based training is great because there's so many different forms of it in terms of the equipment you can use. You can use resistance bands, Swiss balls, bosu balls, there are so many things, but it's something where you're resisting against a force and helping your body to get stronger to tone to fat burn in that way so besides resistance training i also do things like yoga i enjoy pilates walking is a very big part of my fitness journey as well swimming now and again And if I find a sport or something I think hey this could be interesting this could be fun but it involves physical activity I'm always willing to try it. So one of the things that I've enjoyed in the past is hiking. I haven't done that for a while and now with covid it's it's going to be another while before I do it again. But it's something where you're out in nature, you're looking at beautiful scenery and also getting your exercise in. So I can't stress enough. Variety, variety, variety. 
So the next important lesson that I've learned in terms of fitness is activation of the muscles. So when I say activation of the muscles, what I mean is focusing your mind on squeezing the body part that you're working. So for example, if you're doing bicep curls, let's say you're holding a dumbbell. Really focus your mind on squeezing the front part of your arm, your bicep, so that you can really get that area working. By activating your muscles, it means you're really waking them up, enabling them to work, and in that way, you're getting your results in a more effective and quicker way. So you get better toning results, you get better fat burning results as well, and you also see, visibly see the toning coming on quicker than you would if you were just mindlessly lifting weights. So for myself now, turning 40, I don't necessarily need to lift really heavy weights because I've mastered for myself the technique of activating my muscles. So whenever I'm working out, I'm really using my mind to focus on that muscle group that I'm working on. If I'm working on my butt or my thighs, I'm really squeezing and activating. And I feel it so much more than if I was just holding a heavy weight. I really get to feel my body working and moving. I also think that activation of the muscles is a really good way to start connecting to your body as well. Because you're focusing on activating your muscles and really using your concentration, it means that you do things in a slower way, but you feel it more and you really start to understand and know your body. And the last lesson that I'm going to talk about is becoming friends with your body. I've really formed a great friendship with my body. And maybe you're thinking, what are you talking about becoming friends with who? With what? So what I mean by forming a friendship with your body is really learning to respect and value your body. It's learning to accept the uniqueness of your own body. So the way that I put it is think of your body as a child, a young child that you're getting to know, that you're teaching new exciting things that you're being kind and gentle to, treat your body the same way. Once you get your head around that concept of looking at your body as a child or looking at it as a vessel that enables you to then do everything else that you do, it allows you to treat your body with so much more kindness. And over the years, as you get to understand how it reacts to different foods, different exercise types you'll start to be like ah okay that type of training doesn't suit my body but this training does you know uh, broccoli bloats me but asparagus doesn't because we're all different right so I think the journey of becoming friends with your body is actually a really fantastic journey
So I really started to enjoy becoming friends with my body, getting to really understand it, understanding what it liked, what didn't suit it, what sort of things were good for me to eat, what kind of routine. So look at it as an adventure. It really helps to put you in the driver's seat of your health journey. And then of course, for all of us, as we go through our health journey, there are different people on our paths who help us to understand our bodies more. So for myself, for example, as a a fitness professional, that's what I help my clients with. I help them to understand their bodies in a quicker way because I understand the exercises that go with different body types and so forth. And I love as well that my plans can be customized so they suit my one-on-one online coaching clients. I really appreciate getting to know my body as a friend because from my childhood, due to the various traumas that I went through, there were situations where I wasn't given the opportunity to get to know my body. What happened to my body was decided for me by somebody else, by another adult. And that was hard because, you know, it affected how I then connected with my body later on when I started doing exercise. When I started off with exercise, for me, it was a way of fixing fixing in inverted commas the aesthetics or fixing the physical look the external side of me so I could feel better inside but I realized now as I turn 40 that you can never do that you can never work on the outside trying to fix the inside you have to start with the inside and work your way out that's the only way that you can become a stronger person, that you can feel happy, fulfilled, you can overcome challenges. So that has been a massive lesson for me, which I'm really grateful for. So there you have it. Those are my top 10 lessons as I turn 40. So everyone, if you want to read my longer list, which is 20 items in the list, you can hop onto my blog. So that's at theworldfromteesview.home.blog. You'll find on the blog that there's two lists. The first list is called Ndakushika 40, which in my language means I'm turning 40, 20 lessons as I turn 40. And that covers things like love, romance, work, business. And then I have my latest list, which you'll see on the blog. And that's Ndakushika 40, 20 health and body lessons. And that list is purely focusing on health and fitness. So make sure you check it out if you want to see my other lessons. Thank you so much for listening to episode 10. Two weeks until I turn 40. 
Shorty's turning 40. Shorty's turning 40. Gosh, I had to slow that down. Try saying that quickly <laughs> and see where you end up. But on that note, thank you so much for listening yet again. And remember to check out Fitness to a T on Instagram. So the handle is at Teorai1. You can also hop onto Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash fitness to a T com AU or one word, or you can hop onto the website at fitness to a T.com.au. Otherwise, I will speak to you in the next episode. Have a good fortnight until then. Stay safe, stay healthy wherever you are.